because we're all connected and we're all interacting. And even our thoughts, when you think about someone, that person can actually feel you thinking about them. They're just not conscious of it. Welcome to Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional break boundaries and normalize the supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of our universe. If you have unusual knowledge or a unique story you'd love to share, reach out to me at supernormalized at proton.me. Let's make the supernatural the new normal. So on today's show, we have Sydney Decker. She is an Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, health counsellor, intuitive healer, and light worker dedicated to empowering and uplifting women. And Sydney's divine purpose is to guide others towards embracing their truth and living a life of body positivity and emotional well-being. Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah. Sorry, I only woke up about 20 minutes ago. I'm really tired. <laughs> no, it's so okay. it, it's a really cold day here. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's rattled me a little bit. So uh, we'll just get into it. Okay. So Sydney, Ayurveda, what mm-hmm. drew you to it? How, how did that all happen for you? So that's a good question. Um, and I love talking about this because when I first started, I didn't really know what Ayurveda was. So I originally studied psychology at college. Um, I went to Duquesne University. It's located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And my dad died right before I graduated. So right before um, I turned 21, I was in my last semester of school and I was finishing up my files or files, my finals and my dad passed away. Um, And that really rocked me in a big way for to start my own healing process through that, like healing the grief, but also the way that he passed felt like it could have been a possibility for me too, because he passed, he chose to end his life by suicide. And mm. I struggled a lot with anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts growing up and was something that I was actively working on for my own self. But once he passed away, I really had to face that. And I really had to face the grief. And so I was working in the psychology field and I was working with children that had um, issues with like behavioral problems. They were uh, autistic. Um, There was like a spectrum of like mood disorders, personality disorders, that type of stuff. And I was looking for a job to supplement my income. And at the time there was this place in... um, just outside of Pittsburgh that was called the Ayurveda Center and they were hiring. And so I looked at it and I immediately fell in love with what Ayurveda was. Like they were using body work. They were doing the Panchakarma detox therapies, which is using massage, using herbal oils, um, using yoga, diet, nutrition, mindset, gratitude, just like all these different things that 
I've always been so drawn to, but when you go to Western medicine doctors, it's usually you're in a very sterile room, you know, like there's not a lot going on and they barely look at you and then they tell you like, okay, here, take this pill. Yeah. And I just, I know my, my father struggled with that a lot. And like, I struggled with that. Like it just not feeling seen or heard. So when I was, I started working at the Ayurveda center, I was working as a bodywork technician at first. And these clients that were coming in there were healing from major, major things like heart disease, cancer. Um, we even had children there with autism, just so many different things. And I was blown away and mm -hmm. I started to practice Ayurveda for myself. So doing home care, um, receiving some of the bodywork treatments at work, just a little bit here and there. And one thing that I, first I started to notice it mostly with my physical body. So I used to get like sinus infections every single year to the point where they would go into upper respiratory infections and I would like miss school. Like I was sick for weeks at a time. And so I started to practice Ayurveda protocols using the herbal oils, using the herbs. Um, there's a specific Ayurvedic oil called nausea oil where you put it in your nose. And so I started to use that and I have not had a sinus infection in the last eight years. And that's how long I've been practicing Ayurveda. So I started to see it physically at first. And once I started to notice that change for myself, I was like, I have to study this. Like, There's no other option for me. This is amazing. It's helping people in such a profound way. People are feeling seen. They're feeling heard. Like their lives are changing. Their health is changing. They're finding ways to connect not only with themselves, but like the world in a different way too. Mm. So basically I feel like Ayurveda found me and chose me. And I just met it and I just started to practice it and utilize it. And that's actually what my teacher said. She said, usually Ayurveda chooses its practitioners. The practitioners don't choose Ayurveda. So I thought mm. that was really cool. And so ever since um, 2017, I've had my own business seeing clients and doing the body work and the detox therapies and the rejuvenation therapies. And I've just seen so many people get better. And even if they don't like completely get better and i'm using air quotes there um physically something shifts for them mentally emotionally and they're able to connect and the pain lessens regardless just mm. by taking better care of themselves feeling more empowered with their health having options you know not just having to go to one person to be prescribed something and then depending on that solely it's they learn how to take care of it and they learn how that's what Ayurveda teaches you is it puts your health back in your hands. So the more consistent you are, the better it is. Um, but that's really what gift Ayurveda gave to me. And so that's what I give to other people. Right, right. So um, can you give us any history of Ayurveda in your understanding? Um, what sort of um, time frame has Ayurvedic medicine been around? Yeah. So there's several different histories of Ayurveda. So Ayurveda has been around, um, they can trace it back to over 5,000 years. So it's been something that's been practiced on the planet by human beings since human beings existence, really. Um, and it influences a lot of other healthcare systems. So it influences um, traditional Chinese medicine, um, Tibetan medicine. There's actually something I just came across, which I didn't know about, that there's Tibetan Ayurveda. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of originated in India at the same time it originated in Tibet, but it was the same philosophy and it was Ayurveda. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and then it's even actually influenced Western medicine in yeah. a lot of ways as well um, and surgery too. So one um, way that you can look at how Ayurveda originated on the planet is there are um, stories or philosophies told about the in um hindu gods and how they brought ayurveda um so lord brahman would be the person that was the wisdom um keeper and who brought ayurveda to the planet um and one version and then there's also lord donventry which at one point there is a story in which demons and gods were fighting and they were churning the ocean Um, And basically at that time that they were churning the ocean to basically kind of come to a solve kind of, they were fighting over like immunity in a way. So they were fighting over humanity in a way. And with the churning of the ocean doctor, doctor, (laughs) he is a doctor, but Lord Daventry came out from the ocean and he is considered the Lord of Ayurveda and the very first Ayurvedic doctor. And so um, when you trace back Ayurveda's history, you will come across him and that um, story of when he came out of the ocean after the gods and the demons were churning it. And then he was the healer of all healers and um, was able to heal and help humanity. So then there's one that there's also a version that tends to be told more so because um, people, if you don't necessarily align with Hindu beliefs, you may not believe those things, you know. So then there's the story of the um, 20 sages who went to sit in meditation. So 19 sages went into a deep meditation and then one sat um to watch guard and they were in deep meditation for several weeks and when they came out of that deep meditation the 19 sages they told the other person who was watching guard who wrote down all the history of everything and they basically were all shown the very similar thing Mm -hmm. of how to end humanity's suffering through ayurveda and helping us to recognize and realize that we are deeply connected to nature and we're not outside of nature. And so what we are seeing in an external world, we can learn a lot from because what's outside of us is also within us. Mm. So that's where a lot of the history will be traced back when you go to Ayurveda, which is those sages who brought the wisdom to the earth and then shared it with the people. And they created the Vedas, which are the ancient textbooks. So Ayurveda has a very long history and it does sound like it's a, um, a path of resonance towards uh, reconnection of humanity towards earth and, and earthly sort of nature, which is obviously the reason why we have all these illnesses and strange things going on in our bodies because mm-hmm. we become out of balance and uh, that's how that story unfolds. Uh so there's different aspects of Ayurveda. You've talked about body work and oils. Um, can you go through different modalities or different parts of Ayurveda so people understand that? Yeah. So there is the nutrition aspect of Ayurveda, which is eating for your mind body type or your dosha, which Ayurveda breaks the human body down into five elements, air, space, fire, water, and earth. 
and how these combine and they create our energetic systems in our body, which are known as vata, pitta, and kapha. So vata is air and space, pitta is fire and water, and kapha is water and earth. And these energetic systems do different things in our body. So they will, for example, if you're looking at vata, vata is the wind in the space. So it's the space that we actually occupy, like our body, not just like our organs. Like if you were to remove everything, we take up space. So it's the space that we take up. And then it's also the movement. So our thought processes, that's movement. Um, Me moving my hand right now, that's vata, that's movement. And you can actually like if I can feel the wind going through my fingertips. That's actually vata. That's the space in the air. So um, any type of gas, bloating, burping, like that's air. That's going to be vata. People, when they talk about being bloated, they have a lot of actually air stuck in their system. So that's Mm. what creates that bloat. Mm. Um, Then we have pitta, which is the fire and water. And that is going to be our metabolism. It's going to be like our eyesight. Anything that fires in the body is going to be, and also um, our stomach fluid is also pitta. It's more of like an acidy water, but it's a heated, it transforms what we eat. So pitta in the body is going to be transformative. So it's anything that transforms something into another. So basically a lot of our digestive process um, takes place with pitta too. And then we have kapha, which is the water in the earth. So that's going to be like our spinal fluid. That's going to be like our sinuses. Um, That's going to be our bone structure and our muscular structure. And basically, all of these energies have qualities. Mm. So when we think of an Ayurvedic diet, it's not so much about quantity. It's about quality. So it's about the quality of the food. So if you are someone who tends to have gas and bloating and you're eating a lot of pretzels and crackers, that is actually the quality if you look at pretzels and crackers is very dry and it's very airy. And so what that is going to do when you eat that is going to create a dry, airy element in your body. And if you already have that as your base blueprint, like if you already have a lot of air and um, space in your body, eating crackers is actually going to dehydrate you, cause more air cause more dryness and it's going to make you have that bloating issue so it's more Ayurveda helps you to look at and recognize the qualities of the foods that you're eating and what those qualities are going to do when you take them into your body so then you can look at something like um like let's see like deep fried for some reason like deep fried oreos came to my mind it's like one of my favorite things to do every once in a while (laughs) but that is kapha So that is actually going to create a lot of heavy, dense grease in your body, which is going to create more heavy, dense grease in your tissue systems, which you're going to feel lethargic. You're going to feel slow. You're going to feel heavier. Your brain's going to slow down. So it's just even though something tastes good, it's also look look at the quality of those, that food that you're putting into your body and what that's going to do for you. And that's actually where Ayurveda approaches the individual perspective and not a generalization of this is what's going to work and this is what's going to help you lose weight or anything it it, you meet the individual where they're at and you find out what their base elemental blueprint is because what one vata person is like doesn't mean the next vata person is going to be like that and can eat those things so it's all about the individual person and what their 
dosha is and what foods are going to best support them. So I really like that approach. It's definitely helped me recognize what I'm putting in my body. Even if I know that I shouldn't be, I know that I have other things I can balance it out with, right? Like, so if I do want to have that deep fried Oreo, well, then I have to also eat salads and different things to kind of balance that out. So it's, it actually like helps you to realize those things and kind of give yourself permission. Like so many clients of mine, they come in and they feel so restricted in what they're eating. So this helps you to realize like, yes, if you eat the ice cream or if you do the deep fried Oreo, you can balance it out with these other things like the salads or the fruits or having soup or something like that. So basically, it just really helps you get an individualized idea of your own body and what Mm. the quality of food is going to support you with that. So I really like how they view nutrition. And then um, Ayurveda supports herbal protocols as well. So using herbs to support the wisdom and the intelligence of the body. So Ayurveda views herbs as they are intelligent plants. It's not just like, here's a supplement, we'll see if it works. It's They actually have, it's also a quality as well. And there's a um, intelligence of that plant and what that plant is going to do for your body. So Ayurveda never um, endorses being dependent on anything. It's you take the herbs for so long, so that way they introduce that body intelligence back to your body and then you stop taking the herbs so sometimes you do have to take them for 90 days three months six months but ultimately the goal of ayurveda is for your body to be able to operate its own intelligence in the in the proper way Hmm. so there is the herbal protocol and then there is what's called panchakarma so in America, Panchakarma is definitely more modernized and it's more spa-like. So it's very less invasive and less intense as if you were to go to India. So in India, they still do things like bloodletting and they do things um, like Varechana and they do things like per- like actually like helping you to throw up and um, also doing um, bastis and enemas. So you clean out the colon and we in America can't do those things like we don't use leeches we don't do bloodletting we don't do the throwing up or any of those things if you want to do those at home by yourself that's a completely other story but usually in america we're not doing those types of things it's more of a gentle cleanse but you Mm. still come and you get the bodywork treatments so the bodywork treatments are um, if you're getting the panchakarma you're going to come in and you're going to get an hour massage anywhere from an hour to 80 minutes so 60 to 80 minute massage you get add-on treatments where it's external applications of herbs to the body you're following a specific nutrient rich diet without meat so you're basically giving just your body the nutrients that it needs without overly like emphasizing like pleasure or taste or anything it's like your body's detoxing what nutrients does it need to support it so you have to follow that type of diet and that usually includes also um, oilation of the internal body, which is going to be taking ghee internally and doing that type of stuff while the oilation of the physical body externally is happening. So that's the goal is it's the herbal oil being applied to the body that does the detox and it's pushing though that oil deeper into the skin. So Ayurveda really works with the skin because the skin is the largest organ. So it's all about getting these oils into the tissue systems and there's seven tissue systems and that 
actually cleanses you from outside in. And then, then when you're taking the ghee internally inside out. So you're basically like getting squeaky cleaned both mm. ways. Yeah. Full flush. Um, mm. Yeah. And then you'll get the Shiradara treatment, which is unique to Ayurveda. It is basically if you see it, someone's laying down and you see oil that's getting poured over their forehead, which is stimulating their pituitary gland, which is also known as the third eye in other areas, if you hear that. And the pituitary gland is the main function of our hormones, um, where a lot of our good chemicals are promoted like our serotonin dopamine that type of stuff so it starts to help bring and also it's like the regulatory system it helps to kind of bring all the other glands into alignment so that helps to calm the mind calm the body bring you into a healing state and that's pretty powerful it's actually like i don't know how to put into words like you have to experience it it's like the most it's like really cool like i really it's hard to put into words what you feel when you get it but also you almost instantly like go and drift off somewhere Mm. like it's almost puts you into like a meditative state and you like feel like you're like in a blissful state which is very interesting and then ayurveda focuses on um self abhyanga so applying the oils at home but also monthly abhyangas like i i do that i have a membership where people come to see me monthly and i put the oil and we do that um with the steam therapy the panchakarmas are going to vary there's not really like a generic overall like some people will be different oils based on their dosha their mind body type and did I answer everything? I feel like that's oh yoga is very involved in um, yeah. Ayurveda and breath work too. So helping um, the body be supportive with the stretching and the breathing. Ayurveda um, is actually the sister science of yoga. Yes. So it really they work together in that regard. But I feel like as far as the main things as how the body is viewed elementally in the panchakarma and the body work, I think I covered. Yeah, you did. That's that's excellent and uh, very well rounded. I was going to ask you though, how how do people start to identify their own body type? Yeah, that's a good question. So basically, if you even just start to learn what Ayurveda is and you start to learn the qualities of Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. So I may like not get these completely correct because I learned the Ayurvedic view and not the western view i guess but there's also like when you learn about there's three different types of body types so in ayurveda they're vata pitta and kapha but in like western society you may have heard like the mesomorph the i'm not sure exactly what they're called but it's like super thin muscular athletic and then bigger broader heavier people so and we have those that we talk about there's like the mesomorph the endodorph something like that body types i'm like i said I'm, i'm more familiar with the the Ayurvedic perspective so you can start to get kind of like an a generic generalization of what you might be based on your body type so like if you're someone who's very thin and have like very brittle bones like you can see your bones usually if you have um like darker hair even darker skin you're going to be more prominent and you're going to be more of a vata type of person so that's like very thin, short, small, or very tall and thin and lanky, but usually thin. So if you think about wind, it's very, th- it's going to create a thinness. And then someone who has the Pitta body, body type is more of the average, but Pitta people tend to be very athletic. They tend to have a lot of muscular structure to them and they tend to be very lean. So that type of body type, you're more prone to be a Pitta person. And then if you're someone who 
like your whole life you've been told like you're just naturally big, like you're big boned, or even though you feel like you're overweight, you just can't lose it. It's you're most likely a Kapha earth person. Um, And they're usually either very short and round people or they're very like tall and bigger people. So you can start to learn what your mind body type is based on just your physical structure but then you can also learn based on your like imbalance state too. So if you are if you tend to be a workaholic cuz most of us are in our imbalanced state <laughs> we we live in a very chaotic world so it's hard to be balanced all a lot of the time so we're more prone to like knowing what the imbalance of our dosha is rather than it being in um the imbalance not the imbalance. So let's say you're someone who works a lot and you're just constantly thinking and you just are competitive and frustrated and you're getting acid reflux, you probably are a Pitta person. And it's just gotten to a point where you are only operating from the imbalanced state of that because the balanced state of that is going to be someone who actually has a good sense of humor, who can figure out things and are focused, but they accomplish it. It's not like they have to constantly be addicted to the work. They just do their work and then they can kind of let that go. And someone who's a Pitta person is going to love like jewelry, makeup. They're usually the person that's like the most put together. Um, They like the fashion. They kind of like to be boisterous and they like to show that off. And then someone who is more Kapha is going to be the person who, even if they hate their job, they work at it for 30 years. There's someone who gets attached easily. They tend to suffer from depression, um, sadness. They have, they tend to carry and hold on to resentments more though. And they have a hard time with forgiveness. Mm. So that kind of, you can start to understand like the mind type of that. But basically if you start to just read more about Ayurveda and you start, it starts to make you become aware of, certain things you're like oh yeah this sounds like me or that sounds like me or i do that and that's where i would recommend people go and but mostly you can really figure it out based on the body type Mm -hmm. but it's always best to see a practitioner who can then sit down with you who does the pulse assessment all those things but if you're just wanting to there's good information that you can google about ayurveda excellent excellent okay so um let me just have a look here one second. So what what about your experiences as an intuitive healer? Do you have any examples of that when you've been working with people? And um, has that also played into your Ayurveda practice as well? Yeah, so I would say Ayurveda helped me to tap more into my intuition the more that I got to know my mind-body type. And the be- the biggest thing that helped me to recognize that I am intuitive is I do pulse assessments. And so when you first start learning pulse assessments, I'm not counting the beats of your heart like a doctor does. What I'm doing is you learn. It's a very interesting art and it took many, many years. I've been doing it only eight and I'm really just starting to really understand the depth of the pulse analysis of Ayurveda. So by no means am I like top, top, top or anything. <laughs> But um, it has definitely helped me because what it does is you actually like pick up the subtleties of the vibration of the pulses of every organ, not just the heart. The heart is not the pulse. Your whole entire body 
is the pulse and all your organs are communicating and all your cells are communicating and everything's communicating through that pulse. Yes, you can hear the pumping of your heart because that's what's the main um, blood pumper, but there's so many subtleties within there. So you learn that there's three energies in the pulse. So there's the frog, the swan, and the snake. And it really took me a while to start to really understand how those show up. That's just the Ayurveda. So like if there's the snake, that's where Vata is in the body. So it's kind of like a little slithery. If you fear, if you tap in and you start to feel the pulse, that's like a frog. It kind of feels like it's jumping. That's where Pitta is and that's where Pitta is in the body. And then if you tap into the swan, that's very subtle and that's Kapha because Kapha doesn't move a lot. Because if you think about earth, earth's things like a mountain rocks like they don't move a lot it's very slow like mountains and glaciers they actually do move but it's very 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 slow so that's kind of how the pulse is too it's like a very slow swan like process so the more that i attuned myself to working with people and i started to just clear my mind when i was doing the pulse because like i couldn't necessarily understand exactly what I needed to be looking for right like because I was like what do you mean a snake a swan and what I don't I don't know what this is right away like I didn't really understand so but I would still be practicing and when I I noticed something was when I cleared my mind I received so much information from the person I could start to feel like almost feel into like my body would start to like if they held a lot of tension in their shoulders or their neck, I would I could start to feel that. And if they someone had a headache, like I could start to feel where the headache was. And if someone had digestive issues, I could actually start to feel in my body where that was. And I could start to feel emotions from the person that they were holding on to. And it took a lot of practice because I was like, what am I wasn't sure what this was. But then I started to just be open and honest with people. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell you what I picked up in your pulse. And for example, um, I would sit down with a person and I would be like, so I'm feeling like you have headaches, um, that you have tightness in your left ankle um, that's causing problems and you have hard time walking and your digestive system is slow and you have uh, like issues with like digestion and constipation and all these things, but also with like you have a lot of anger and frustration. And the biggest thing that happened, so I'll get to that, but I'll give you like a real example, but that's just a fake example of someone. And then I would sit and then they would be like, wow, like how did you know this or how did you know that? And it just mm. kept over time being validated for me yes. with taking the pulse and having that intuitive process and writing it down and then sharing it with them. Yeah. And then now my clients know me and my friends even know me. So um, my one client came in and she was like, I'm not even going to say anything. You just take my pulse. And so I started to take her pulse and I le- I was tapping in and I was taking her pulse and she was having a lot of like frustration. She didn't tell me this. And she was having a lot of frustration um, with a certain uh, group that she was a part of that was fun. She was working, but then also a part of this group. And she had to do a lot of with this group and was feeling very overwhelmed by it. And I took her pulse and afterwards I was like, okay, so I'm feeling a lot of frustration and overwhelm and like you want to quit this group that you're a part of, but you don't know how to do it. And she was like, how did you even know that? She's like, today was like the worst day with that ever. Like they asked me to do a bunch of stuff and I couldn't do it. And she literally said nothing to me. Mm. And then we were talking about something and I was like, yeah. And then tell, um, 
Tracy or tell someone's name. I can't remember what the name was to like leave you alone. She was like, and there is a Tracy. Like, how are you even knowing this? <laughs> but it's like, if you're constantly, this is the thing. It's, yeah. I can pick that up intuitively by the energy that you're carrying. If you're constantly in your head thinking about Tracy over and over and over yeah, yeah, and yeah, I touch you, <laughs> yeah, it's going to pass on. So it's yes. like it, we're just not aware. Like, I feel like everyone's intuitive and everyone can mm. do that. Like, it's not like I walk around parading and thinking that I'm like some special person. Um, mm. I'm just someone who's tapped into it and yeah. who believes in it. Yes. And that makes a difference. Everyone can do these things because we're always interacting with our energy regardless. So that's what I started to realize. And so why I call myself an intuitive healer is because I can intuit where you need healing. But I can't heal you. This is also another thing I've realized for myself and with other people. You are your own healer. I can intuitively help you and guide you and hold that space and create that environment for you. But what I do is only what I'm able to do. You have to go the the other end. So it's like I can do 80%. You have to do 20 and vice versa, right? Yes. Like you have to do something there. So that's how I would do. That's how I became aware that I was an intuitive healer, that I couldn't be intuitive to what's going on in people's bodies. And then just over the years, it's just been validated like more and more. And then like my friend, I just saw her a few months ago and she was like, yeah, I had to prep myself before I came to see it because I was like, Sid's going to be able to read my mind. I got to like be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I won't touch you. It's okay. <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any other stories like that that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, honestly, like all the time to be yeah. real like my friends constantly like my one friend she'll be like i just started talking to a guy tap in on him and i was like okay so i can tap in from distance and i'll tell her like this is what's going on and then she'll text me back and she'll be like you'll never believe but x y and z is happening in his life and he finally told me um there's like other times with like clients um a lot of them they'll tell me like I have a membership and a few of my people said that they became members because they came in, they sat down, I did their pulse. I told them everything that they were experiencing that no one could figure out. And they were like, I just had to keep coming to see you because every time I walk in here, I don't even have to open my mouth. You can just tell what's going on. And so it's like no like specific, specific besides the one recently is coming up, but I think it's because it happens to me all the time now. Like I have a client that I, ha I work with in California and that's all we'll do. We'll be on the phone for hours and I'm just reading energy, tapping into things. And then he's like, oh, so I don't know if she'll like this. It it's not a client of mine, but it's a friend of mine and she'll call me and she'll ask me for help and reading energy and advice. And I just started to tap into this person that was an employee of hers and I started to kind of be like, she feels like this and she talks like this. And like, I started to kind of like talk because I was like channeling the energy of this person. And I started to talk like it and being, and she was like, you literally just sounded just like her. Like, this is crazy. Like, how did you even know? And I'm like, I don't know. I never met her, but this is the energy that I'm getting. And then um, just the other day with my client that's in California, I was talking to him about something and he was like, you never even met this person. And yeah, they're getting married and they have two dogs and this and that and it's like i can just intuitively tap in and it's shown to me mm. so it's it's more what i think it is is i can read the energy i'm yeah. a very 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 subtle sensitive person and i've been this way since i was born and it's always happened to me and i would yes. used to get in trouble for it as a kid right. yeah because no one wanted to know that 
no one wanted me to know what I was knowing. So it was like, you're not seeing what you're seeing. You're not feeling what you're feeling, all those things. But then I finally was given permission by my work to be who I am. And I think that I can just pick up the subtleties because we're all connected and we're all interacting. And even our thoughts, when you think about someone, that person can actually feel you thinking about them. They're just not conscious of it. But I can now even tell it's even crazy. It's like starting to blow my mind. Like I just the other day, this client reached out and she wanted to work with me, but then I hadn't heard from her for three days. So I was working on another client doing a bodywork treatment. And then all of a sudden I, the thought came in my mind of the conversation I had with her and um, about like the treatment that she should do. And then I get out of my bodywork treatment and I check my email and she had emailed me while I was working on my client with the bodywork treatment asking for more information about the session that I had explained to her. So that is what I'm saying is like even when if you're subtle enough, you can even tell when someone thinks about you. And so it like blows my friends' minds. They're just like, they're always asking me to like read this or that. And like a lot of my clients, they're (laughs) like, yeah, I just know. Okay, so this is basically, I'll tell you what my friend, why she said, um, I I know you're going to read my mind or whatever. So she came out to visit me. This was like last year. It's not like you need to know all the details or anything, but she's not from around here. She, I've, I've always known her, but she came out to visit me in Pittsburgh and um, we hadn't seen each other in years, actually. And she came out to visit and she was just like very anxious about like candles and fire and stuff. And I remember laying in my bed and that the first night she was there, I didn't know this, by the way, um, the candle stuff. And I, the first time she gets there, I'm, I have this dream that like, and I'm starting to get all this fear of like my house catching on fire and like, I just feel like I can't sleep and like something's going to catch on fire and I'm like nervous and scared. And like, before she got there, I never had fear of like my house catching on fire or being afraid of anything. And she gets there and that night I do. And so I wake up the next day and I'm like, Hey, like, are you like worried about like the house catching on fire or something and she was like oh my god how did you know and I was like I just had this feeling like I just started getting really afraid um because she was very like like I had a candle lit on my coffee table and I would just keep it lit all the time because that's just how I I don't think about and it's on this whole thing like even if it fell over it wouldn't get anything because I put this thing under it and she was like kept checking to see that it was she was like, we need to put this out. We need to put this out. So I was like, okay. So then um, I was like, are you afraid? Because I started to feel this fear. Like, I'm never afraid of fire, like ever. And she's like, how did you know? Yes. I guess her apartment burned down oh, like a right. few months ago. And she, it wasn't her fault. The guy that lived above her had a cigarette lit and he fell asleep and he had an oxygen oh, tank oh, and it all caught on fire and her apartment caught on fire and she had to get out and like, all of her stuff was lost. And I'm like, why did you never tell me? Well, we had just reconnected. It's like been years here and there that we mm-hmm. hadn't talked. And she was like, yeah, like that that candle that you had was like really freaking me out. And I'm like, I know I had nightmares all night. And so like we need to talk about this. So but it's like things like that. I just yeah. Yeah, and you can, up on like PTSD. It, yeah. 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 Wow. Intense. It happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you were a child, you had this ability as well. How did that manifest for you as a child? Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> um, in so many different ways. So I used to see a lot of different things when I was a kid. I, I've seen ghosts. I've seen angels. Um, I used to tell my mom, too, that like I'm going to go play in heaven and I'll be back. And so I would go and I would go outside and play and I would just see like all this stuff. I felt very connected to nature and I felt very supported. Like I grew up on 500 acres and I just would go outside and sit in this tree and I would climb it and I would become a bird. Like I'm not even joking. Like, and I would just fly over it and I would just see everything and I could feel what animals were feeling and doing. I, I couldn't ever watch anything die like that to me would like really like rock my nervous system. Yes. Um, it became very hard for me. But so, yeah, I would tell my mom I was going to go play in heaven. I would come back. Um, my family really started to notice that something was unique about me. I don't like to say special um, mm. because we're all special and we all can do this. Yes. But unique about me is when my grandma died and I was four years old. So when my grandma died, I was four years old and my it was my my dad's mom. And I guess I walked into the kitchen and they had just found out no one had told me yet. Like no one had told the kids yet. And my aunt was crying at the table to my mom. And I just walked in to get my cereal because it was early in the morning. And my aunt was crying, my dad's sister, and talking to my mom. And she was like, I just wish I had known like if she passed okay. Because she had cancer and I guess it was pretty bad and she was in a lot of pain. And she lived in Alabama, so she passed away before like my my dad or my aunt could get there. And so she passed away, and she was like, "I just wish I was there. Like, I just wish I would have known, like, if she was okay, like all these things." And I guess to this day, this is the story that they tell me. I was sitting at the table with my cereal, and I just looked up, matter of fact, and I said, "Oh, Grandma." I was like, "Yeah, she came to my bedroom last night, and she picked me up, and she kissed me here, here, and here." And she told me that she was okay and that everything was okay and that I probably wouldn't see her very much anymore, but just to let everyone know that she loves them and she's loved and she's okay. And I just went back to eating my cereal. And my aunt to this day, she like tells me all the time, she's like, so now anytime anyone dies, I'm like, we got to call up Sid because she probably has heard from him or something. <laughs> That's excellent. So that was the biggest thing that ever stood out. But I mean, I've seen... Um, like I said, like ghosts here and there, different things talking to me. I mean, I actually had a really not so great experience um, with a thing when I was a teenager and I was also in a dark space. So I, maybe that was a difference with what I saw versus when I was a kid. I was in a lot more of like a lighter, happier space. Yeah. Um, but that was I was I woke up in like sleep paralysis. Yes. And there was this thing over in the corner of my room and it kind of looked, it was just dark, but it kind of looked like a little bit like Freddy Krueger. Like it had like a hat, but it was all black and I couldn't make out its face or anything. And it was over in the corner and it just started to get closer and closer to me. And I was stuck in sleep paralysis. So I can't, when you're stuck in sleep paralysis, you can't move, but you can blink and you can hear, but your the rest of your body is stuck and you're breathing obviously. But mm. um, it started getting closer and closer to me, but I couldn't move and I could just move my eyes. And um, it started telling me that it was going to burn my house down and I was going to lose everyone I love and like all these things. It was just like this very dark entity almost. And what kept me going, I started to get really, really scared. 
and my dog was laying next to me and she wasn't barking or freaking out. So I had known that if it was a real intruder and it could really hurt me, she would have woke up. Mm -hmm. So I just like kept focusing on her breath. And then I just started to call on like, I'm a big Archangel Michael person. So I'm like, I just started calling Archangel Michael. And then eventually I like got out of sleep paralysis and I like, like, got up they the thing disappeared and i could breathe and i screamed my mom and my aunt had to come in my room because i was too scared to move still but i could move yeah um so that was like the darkest thing i've ever seen but i've actually did a lot of research and that's very common yeah that's sleep common. paralysis yeah it, it, it sounds that. like shadow people a lot of people actually experience the shadow people i had similar things as a child myself and um my ones actually seemed like vampires, but they were actually vampires mm. of energy more than anything else. And everything yeah. was threat. They couldn't do anything. It was always threat. And they relied yep. on you playing into their story. So Exactly. Yeah, they, yeah that's a be, good way to put it. The shadow yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're really, really common. And also um, the one the ones with hats too, which is quite common too. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't know about the hat happen. thing. Yeah. But yeah. it also seems to happen a lot for children and also teenagers. So who knows? It must mm. be just something we go through as a stage as, as we're growing up. Yep, definitely. Because yeah. like I said, I could see different things as a kid, but they weren't dark. It's when I got to my... But I was... Like, maybe it's like what you attract. It's like the energy. You know yeah. what I mean? You can yeah, see what you at. are. Yeah. yeah. Where you're at is what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Stuff like that all the time. Mm. crazy sounds, dreams it sounds like you've you've had like a, a like a, a holistic experience of life from a very early age which has played all the way through into this um being drawn to like a holistic medicine and and mm -hmm. that's played out for you to be able to help other people um and that drew you to writing a book obviously in the end there you've got actually um i shouldn't say in the end you probably write some more books yet but um <laughs> you've got your book cleanse your energy do you want to talk about that yeah so actually, it's um I'll have it. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'll show you so you can see it. Cleanse your yeah. energy. It's a cool yeah. little thing. Um, so actually, this was so I'm a channeler. That's something I've started to realize too. Is I I've always been able to channel, even yeah. as a kid. Like automatic writing, it would happen a lot. Um, so one day back in March, April, March or April. I was sitting on my couch and I tend to hear like, I don't know how to explain it because I don't want people to think like I hear voices. Um, it's a voice, but it's a very clear voice. It's like a higher self voice, basically. And it talks to me a lot. It's actually like there's times where like I'm an idiot and it knows so much. It's like turn here, go here. <laughs> and it like saves my life sometimes. Like it's yeah. just and then I'm just straight up like what? So I was sitting on my couch and I was just watching TV and that tends to happen. This is kind of like what I like to tell people is like everyone can do this, but it tends to happen in very mundane when you're not paying attention, like when you're not consciously doing anything particular, like using your brain particularly. So this would have I used to clean houses all the time. So I used to get tons of downloads while I was cleaning houses because it was just me doing something physical and my brain was open. You know, I wasn't overly fixated on a project or anything. Yeah, right, right. So that's even like reading the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I was sitting on my couch watching something, and I just heard that voice saying, go grab your computer, you're going to write a book. And I was like, 
I'm going to write a book. <laughs> it was like, go grab your computer. You're going to go write a book. And this is how I know it's something because it's the same message over and over. And um, it doesn't change. It's usually how you know it's a guidance. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to write a book about? And it just matter like cleanse your energy. And this happens to me all the time. And I finally started listening to it because I used to get ideas. And then six months later, someone would come out with it and like would make like millions of dollars off of it. And I'm like, I could have done this six months ago, but I didn't because I'm so sensitive. So the universe, this is actually like a thing. Like the universe wants information on this planet. And if it's you because you're open to it, cool. But if you're not, it's got to go to Penny down the street. Like the universe just wants things out there and wants wisdom out there. And if you are going to be that channel for it, absolutely do it. But you got to do it or else someone else will. It's like, I don't know if there's like some type of effect or something where like someone in South America, China and Alaska all had the same idea. Yeah, it's morphic resonance. Okay, that. Yes. So it's kind of like, yeah. So for the first time, I was like, I better listen to this because I feel like in six months, someone might write this book. So I'm sitting on my couch and I get the download. You're going to write a book about cleanse your energy. And I'm like, okay, why? And it was like, because I mean, I cleanse my energy all the time. So I've been cleansing my energy. Um, I will say since I've consistently been cleansing my energy, and I'm not saying over like a few days or weeks, I'm talking years, I, my mental and emotional body are I'm not suicidal. I'm not anxious. I'm not depressed. And a lot of it had to do with cleansing, getting real with myself, facing my issues, facing my my demons that I was carrying, which are mental, emotional demons, and cleansing and clearing them out and actively working with that. And so I had been doing this for so long that it just made sense to me. I didn't even think to write a book about it. But basically where we're at with humanity is it's time for all of us to cleanse our energy because we all need to be facing our mental and emotional bodies because our physical body is dwindling. Like so many people have chronic pain, chronic disorders, imbalances. Some doctors can't figure it out. Cancer's on the rise. Um, Suicide's on the rise. Like mental health, depression, anxiety, all this stuff is on the rise. And it's like the physical, just dealing with the physical body isn't working. So we need to do something more and go into the mental, emotional, and the energetic body. And so that's actually what Ayurveda helped me to recognize and realize is there's an energy body. And that is usually filled and we tend to actually engage with our in our environment, not just by touching it, by breathing it and being in it. So you can pick up the energy just by being in an environment. Like you don't have to completely touch anything. Like how many times have you been across someone who had negative energy and you were like, wow, I don't feel good after being with that person or an energy vampire who sucks away and you just feel so depleted and tired after spending time with them. That's energy. You're actually in interacting with their energy. So um, I go and I get my laptop and it's like, you're going to write this book and it, just started to flow through me. And it took me like a good eight hours. Like I had to sit there and I just had to type away. Like my dog was like, can I go outside? I was like, no, like I'm on like a a focus thing. So it took me a while. So it was like 8 p.m. I sent the first rough draft to my mom and my aunt who are like my managers. Like they just helped me a lot um, at 2 a.m. So it just took me some time. And then I they read it and then I went back in and obviously like updated some things, spelling, that type of stuff. And basically it's just a really easy practical guide. I don't try to make it super spiritual or super woo woo. I try to make it as like 
practical and like this makes sense as ever and you don't have to bring God into it. You don't have to bring any beliefs into it. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is what we do and this makes sense. So I tried to make it as simple as possible and then I put my top seven ways of cleansing your energy in the book. So I identify what your energy body is, what environments and certain things you will notice that may block it or clog it how to notice that because that will show up physically too. It shows up mentally, emotionally, and physically. And how to notice that, how to work with the mindset because your mindset is really important when it comes to energy and it comes to beliefs and it comes to your dominant um, type of thing that you're going to experience the world in. So like your dominant energy. And then I introduced the seven ways, which like I said, are my top seven ways. And they're very simple. Like when you read this book, you're going to be like, ah, it's just the consistency of doing them. So that is practicing gratitude, journaling, being in nature, actually spending time in nature and connecting with nature and not just like, okay, I stepped outside. It's like, no, like actually like taking a moment, three minutes in nature, taking some deep breaths. Um, there's meditations in there. There's visualizations. There is um, a recipe for a cleansing bath, how to do a cleansing bath, because that's going to help a lot, too, with the physical body, but also the mental and emotional body. Because mm -hmm. um, Ayurveda teaches you about the elements and how the elements can cleanse you. And so water is a big help with cleansing. And then there is things like how to um, like incense and how incense has been used for centuries as a cleansing tool, specific ones that I use that are just kind of general that most people can use. Um, then there's like a quiz in there too to see where your energy is at. So it's just kind of like what tools will be best for you. And then there's some cool quotes in there just for upliftment. They're like some of my favorite people that I I'm a very big into quote person and basically, it's just to help you get started to recognize how to start to shift your health and your energy in a way that you, if you do these consistently, you will notice a difference. And you will notice a difference in your mental structuring and how you view the world, which yes. is the biggest thing. It's all about mindset. Mm -hmm. Very important stuff for this, these times and ages because, I mean, we are actually getting bogged down in a lot of our um, electro society and and um, news and all sorts of views uh, that just drag us down and stop us from really experiencing the life that is amazing that we can possibly live. So, yeah, good good timing for that one. And that's that's going to be a good book for everyone. Um, so how yeah. do people find you, Sydney, and, and avail, you, avail themselves of your services? Yeah. So you can find my services, my Ayurvedic services, uh, at innerelementwellness.com. So www.innerelementwellness.com. I do work with people virtually as far as the wellness consultations go. Um, I have an inner alchemy program where I help people work with their mental and emotional body and kind of just like revamp their life in that way that I can do virtually. Obviously, the body work, you would have to come see me to do, um, but you can get a lot of information about that just in general on my website. And then I also have a link to my book on there but my book you can get the e-version on my website and then you can actually get the paperback version on amazon so that's the only place that it's um available right now and then i do have a podcast and i put up all my um guest appearances on podcasts on my website too so you Excellent. can find my podcast on there and then any interviews that i've had 
Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, I'll, I'll also post links into the uh, show notes for this show as well. And uh, yeah, I think we've covered absolutely everything. Is there any questions that I should have asked that I didn't? Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm big on right now, which it could be like a whole conversation, is inner alchemy. Um, and is like my shadow work series, which is helping oh. you, helping people to face their pains, their patterns, their behaviors, and really to transform any of those pains, that trauma that we all have. That because what most of us are living from, whether we've had big trauma or small trauma, we are living from a trauma brain, and the world kind of feeds that with fear too. So we're all kind of fearful. So oh. this. This is something that I've done for myself that you can actually transform that pain into power and you can start to be in control of your life. And that's kind of related to my book. And you can start to be in control of your energy and you can start to dictate the energy that you carry and you can change that and to actually create and manifest the life that you want based on working with the mental and the emotional body. So that's something that I do that I like to tell people because it's something that's different and a lot of my information is on the website about that. But I love doing it. I've done it for myself and I just love helping people. It's like, it's actually mind blowing, like what it does. Like people start at one place and then they're completely different at the end. Like I've had people who have moved to different states, started their own businesses, um, reconnected with themselves in a new way. Like it's just very, very wonderful and profound of what happens. It sounds very rewarding. I'm I'm very happy for you that uh, you've found a very excellent uh, path in life with all of this. This is this is really cool, Sydney. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate yeah. it, and I'm sure that all the listeners have really enjoyed our conversation as well. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you all for right. having me. Now that was an excellent episode with Sydney. She's a wealth of knowledge. I'm so happy that she's tuned so deeply into her intuition it actually prompted me lies for myself that when you're actually um, available intuitively your world opens up in different ways and i when she was talking about working in you know house cleaning and having these intuitive ideas um, flow through sometimes you're just going around and you'll be doing something and then these ideas come to you and you can actually I found I get pictures and ideas and words and stories that just come out of just what's around. And I never recognized it before until today. And I really am appreciative of um, Sydney's explanation of her understanding of her intuition and how that's played out in her life and her life story that um, it, it, it gave me a, a different profound sort of insight into some of the mechanics of um, connecting to reality Um or whatever this experience is in different ways. So if you enjoyed the show as much as I did, please rate us five stars. I mean, that was a great show. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope to have you back next week to listen again. Thank you and bye for now.